Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Here we go. Here we go. Up in the auditorium, chilling on these new seats. Uh, it actually reminds me of um, like an airline sort of. Yes, I want some like hot peanuts yeah. right now. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, when Angie <laughs> what we're ran, talking yeah, about, yeah, so Angie ran a, a trip to Greece mm. last month, and um, she set up the hall like it was a plane. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So these chairs are they're quite comfy to sit on. How many people did they have come to? Fifty something. 50-something people just, like, coming to church for the first time, <laughs> seeing the place. It was, yeah. like, crazy. There was, yeah. like, the cafe afterwards, like, packed. Yeah. There's even more coming to Italy, so... All right. Little, little, Italy. little plug for... <laughs> hot plug <laughs> yeah, for the for Italy trip. Yeah, but... Well, well, we're calling it the seniors' lunch, but I think that's a bit unfair because there weren't necessarily seniors there. Yes. Yeah. It's a everybody's welcome lunch. Let's not limit it to yeah, just seniors. I know. All right, so, Mitch, if you could go to one country... I'm paying for this is hypothetical. Okay, I'm not okay. paying for any of this, <laughs> but I am paying for your airfare. Where Ooh. can you go for, let's say, two weeks? Oh, I'd go to Ireland. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So the Livingston family comes from Ireland. I'd love yeah. to just explore and whack where they came from, mm. a place called Cavan. Mm. And I love the, the Celtic church, Celtic mm. church history. I'd love to explore the, um, like the monastic tours. Mm. around there so so they also include parts of scotland but yeah there's lots mm. of old churches and just these I, holy sites i say the inverted commas where yeah, amongst yeah, yeah. them just yeah yeah i'd love to do that Ooh, i um also have some irish heritage yep. and i will say when i so we went to scotland a few years ago and there was a stopover in dublin mm. for a few hours I had like quickly like got on a bus and I had a Guinness and like <laughs> a little pie at this really cool pub that had yeah. like old taxidermied stag heads like on the walls and stuff. It was very cool. Um, but I must say, I, I don't know if it was just like sort of, um, I don't know, almost like I was building it up in my head. Yep. I felt some like connection to the place. Because the unknown, yeah. like that's where my nan is from. Yeah, and I just really feel like there's like something that we can undersell sometimes in like connection oh. to soil where like our ancestors. Come I, from. I was telling you about the Bible I bought, the transparent. Yeah, Bible oh, version. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. The guy yeah, yeah, called... but it's like a a literal translation. Yeah, and it translates so Adam is mm. like man, and it's based off the word Adama, and so they call it soil people which like. still makes me laugh <laughs> it sounds science fictiony yeah the james table he's the, he's the, the <clears throat> scholar who mm. da, who's mm. done it he's written a, a number of books so james table it's kind of the part of this big project and he's only really done genesis but sure yeah soil people still got a lot to go then yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just started really well i imagine translating a bible is uh mm. yeah what's it called the the transparent english bible mm. not a very good name but no, they got to work I'll, on that. But I, I've been reading for it. I've really enjoyed <clears> it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love it. Let the Here you go. This is Genesis 1, 24. And Elohim, that's a Hebrew word for God, said, let the land make a life, living life breather go out. A living life breather? Because Nepesh is like the... And mm. so he's trying to capture that 
Hebrew nuance. Mm. So anyway, all that's to say the idea of a soul person is we're connected to the ground. Yeah. And so, yeah, I believe in that too. Like we're, particularly as Westerners, we don't really value like land. It feels that's a bit good. like Avatari. It does, but <laughs> it's biblical. Like the totally. Israelites, like this is your land. Like you're, you don't move your boundary marker because that's like your, this is your, your family home. This is your family land. This is mm. your slice of paradise. Mm. So, yeah. So yeah, I, as I, like I, white Australians, it makes sense <clears throat> that we kind of probably don't put too much emphasis on that. But there is like this, this I think, deep spiritual truth to it. To mm. answer the question, though, I would go to yep. Japan. Japan, cool. Skiing, sushi. Mm. Have you been great. to Japan? I've never been to Japan. No, no, yeah, on your bucket list. Japan. Yeah, definitely. So I just need to convince Emily <laughs> to okay. go because she does not like those right down my <laughs> she's like take me to France give me uh, a croissant yeah, okay. yeah. Mm, yeah. so we looked at stewardship and tithing on yeah, Sunday you just you know just a super easy one to well, speak yeah. about yeah. how were you feeling going into that oh uh, look I feel like it could be a bit I, of a landmine of a topic I have to be honest I actually wasn't feeling very well on Sunday like I'd had a because COVID knocked me around a fair bit, like the week. So I had that yeah. week of eyesight and came yeah. back and then still wasn't feeling great, like still super run down. And yeah, so that was kind of... You <laughs> looked a lot better than I the did, week. Yeah, like I was sweating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I knew it was some pretty heavy content. I think that's why I shared quite deeply about how yeah. these passages had changed my life. Personally, and yeah. because these are really harsh words, like, where your treasure is, your heart is also like mm. it's just like boom, mm. and so and I still find it very challenging because I know there's treasures that I have here on earth, and it's like mm. these are things I got to give up, and it's and we all struggle with this. Mm. So, so I guess my approach was yeah that the focus is primarily on giving because I suppose giving is it's in the Bible often a sign of your dedication to God by how much you're willing to mm. guess trust in His faith to provide things mm. but also to it is two-pronged and um, there might be people who have no problems giving but struggle so it was a yeah primarily mm. about giving but mm. also to <coughs> secondary you know where your treasure is at yeah how to be a, a <laughs> steward as well of what you've been mm. which like stewardship is an, is an interesting word it was actually yes. one which i spent many years in the church Mm. having not really heard, mm. if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. And one day um, I was actually like writing an episode of like this kind of Christian kids cartoon <laughs> show. And they said, oh, like this episode's on stewardship. That's the theme. And I literally had to like Google stewardship. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, interesting definitely has like maybe a little bit of an emphasis on caring for the environment mm, as well, yeah. which maybe hyper conservative Christians don't like to talk about too much. You know, if yeah. ScoMo is going to go be our example of a you know conservative Christian, but like that's like an interesting element of it as yeah. well, which right. kind of comes back to this connection of the soil, right? It does, yeah. Connected to the land, and thereby yeah. you want to take care of it as well, a steward. It's interesting, and I didn't really unpack the Old Testament. Um, I ideas behind stewardship but um yeah let me just find the verse i had here um here we go maybe i did read this out. i can't remember but deuteronomy 26 verse mm. 1 to 4 it says here when you come into the land that the lord your god is giving you for an inheritance 
have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. You shall go to the priest who is in the office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. So even that later you're giving first fruits as well, your land needs to be like looked after in order for it to produce. Sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. even that like that whole stewardship is incorporated even in mm. that verse as well by implication is to produce first fruits yeah. to care for your land. Is Cain and Abel like the first sort of idea of maybe tithing? Yeah, it is. Um, it's actually quite interesting. Um, they probably offered their sacrifice at the foot of Eden. That seems to be the implication is as so... Because um, well, uh, I noticed this in this translation I was reading, the Transparent English Bible. Mm. The, the soil people. The soil people, When they, when yes. they brought their blood <laughs> Yeah, here it is... Um, here we go, it says here, so this is from uh, verse 6, and Yahweh, that's what it says here, said towards Cain, why is there burning to you, and why is your face fallen? Is there not, if you do good, a lifting? That's quite literal, this Bible. Yeah. And if you do not do good, at the opening, that seems to imply the door. And so, anyway. Like the gate. Yeah, yeah, the gate to Eden, because... Like and the, it seems to pick up that idea of <clears throat> the tabernacle temple that's like a new Eden, mm. and so anyway, that's just a fun fact. So mm, there's a fun. Fact. There's a fun fact. So there's a commentator called L. Michael Morales, and he's written a book on Leviticus, <coughs> and he unpacks how that theology of Cain and Abel. Anyway, anyway, yeah. but they are the first sacrifices, and we don't really know why they did that. It's just assumed. Right. It's how it's you interact weird, with the deity. The, yeah. I guess it's like that assumed knowledge that the Bible just, we don't have, but they just know that's how you interact with a deity in the ancient world. Is that So this is almost like a common ancient Near Eastern idea and language yeah. and concept. Um, because I know I've heard like previously, even this idea of the tree of life, mm. that was like a very provocative and, and, charged idea mm. that already had a bunch of cultural implications and assumptions around that that area that the you know this story was being told and likewise there's maybe these assumptions with what kind of making these offerings to gods mean there's this mm. this is just what people do this yeah. is how soil people yes, <laughs> and, and Elohim interact, <laughs> yeah. right? They make these offerings. Mm. So then we kind of jump forward is like maybe a next good place to look for offerings when we see like Sarah making like cakes and stuff. Is that kind of something that could be compared? Uh, I guess so. I was thinking maybe Isaac. Isaac? <laughs> That's a big one. Like yeah. the offering. And even before that... um. Genesis 15, Abraham's called to cut the animals in half and create this corridor of blood sure. to create the covenant. That was sure. It was this way. That was quite a common way in the ancient. That's world interesting. To say. It's like this idea of opening again, <laughs> like opening something, like a yeah, like this idea of a sacrifice, like opening up to God, which is again what mm. the Levites are doing later. Yeah. Right? They're like making a sacrifice so they can kind of almost open a gate mm. to God, metaphorically yeah. a little bit. But because um, yeah, if you. 
I have a note here on so Psalm 24 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it and so yeah it's this idea God owns everything but then even too in Psalm 50 verse 9 I have a note here that God says I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills I know every bird in the mountains in the insects in the field are mine if I were hungry I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats and so in the ancient world you'd offer a sacrifice to feed mm. the gods it's very mm. different here that's what Psalm 50 says so Psalm 24 1 mm. is saying the earth is God's mm-hmm. Psalm 50 from verse 9 and there's reading from verse 9 to 13 there so it says the same thing, I own everything, but I don't need that. So it's something deeper, which, sure. which is like, the, which I argued was that act of faith, like your first fruits. Mm. First fruits are your best part of your crop. Mm. And so by giving that up, you're like saying, well, I'm going to trust God to give me more than what I need. Okay. And there's a few things too, like, you, you ever heard of the Jubilee? Yeah, yeah. And like the the seven-year cycle? Because <laughs> that was it on the seventh year you didn't. You didn't. You just left your land. Fallow. Yeah, yeah, fallow. So you had to have enough faith that God was going to provide enough food on the sixth year to last your sixth year, the seventh year, and really the eighth year. Yeah. You're getting a new right. one. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, you usually would have eaten. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like, it's a massive act of faith. Like, you're trusting in God. To, and I look at the manna every yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you collect, enough. You only get, each day, you just collect enough for the day. But then on the Friday, you collect double. For the Sabbath. Yeah, God okay. It. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so it's like all these hints throughout. Part of, part of this idea of giving is you're actually stepping out in faith for God providing for you. And so, yeah, sacrifices. Uh, look, obviously sacrifice there for forgiveness of sins as the book of sure. Leviticus unpacks. But yeah. yeah, there's this sense of offering. You're giving up something worthwhile, something good, mm. in the sense that God's going to keep providing for you. Jerry love a big act of faith totally so then how does a story like abraham and melchizedek fall mm. into this then because that's maybe a slightly different paradigm that we're given yeah but there's still like i mean there's a very literal like tithe mm. there. this isn't just an yeah, offering this, this is like a explicit 10 percent, right yeah that, that so, is, is made yeah because that's um so i have another note here Ma asaya, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I'm I'm not an expert in Hebrew. Right. Sorry, it ma, means so. yeah, I know. <laughs> it means tenths, where we get the English word tithes. So okay, so the the word tithe <laughs> and tent is connected. Tenths. That's that's where we get the idea of a ten percent tithe. Is it's actually like it means literally tenths, where we get the English word tithe from. So, oh, okay, so this idea that there's obviously connection to a tithe in the upkeep of the tabernacle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that's part of... Where is it here? I've got Genesis 14. Oh, yeah, then Abraham, this is 20. Uh, then Abraham, so chapter 14, verse 20, then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Yeah, it's... Because the book of Hebrews unpacks this. Yeah. It's like Abraham was doing giving to... Because Melchizedek becomes representative of... Now we're going way off topic. The different priest line. Yeah. And the author of Hebrews goes on about how Melchizedek has no ancestors or father or... He just appears. Mm. 
And then Psalm 110 says, you're a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Mm. And so it's like, well, Abraham, who has in his seed all the tribes in him, giving a tent to this Melchizedek. That's why Jesus is also our priest. So anyway, that's way off topic. But I think um, going into this, it was a way of showing respect to someone greater than you. Um, mm. Yeah, actually, I just had an interesting yeah. thought. The Exodus. So what's the Exodus all about? It's about freedom. Mm. They're free from Egypt to go to their land. And so... Have you, have you looked at the, how it, in the Old Testament a suzerain vassal, like the covenant? Have you have you explored that? Mm, no. Nah. Okay, it's not so, ringing any bells. <laughs> so a suzerain's a fancy way to say king, and a vassal's obviously like a, a the lesser party. Mm-hmm. And so there's this um, argument from some Old Testament scholars that the covenants in the Old Testament are like a suzerain vassal, where you make these agreements. A suzerain who's the king. Makes all these promises. I'll protect you. I will, you know, look after you. Yada yada yada. Yeah, right. Okay. In, in agreement, you will do this. And so yeah, the Old sure. Testament's like that. Yahweh is like, hey, you're entering this. I've rescued you. Here, here's the things I'll give to you if you stay obedient to me. But in return, you need to do this. Yeah. Right. And often in that, you had to give some sort of tribute. And like so, almost like a tax. Right? Yeah. 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 So it's like you pay a tax to the king, and the king's armies protect you. Yep. That's sort of the earthly equivalent. Yeah. And in some ways, that's what a number of scholars have noticed: the similarities with Exodus and Deuteronomy. It's like this covenant agreement where God is the king, and He's giving the people this land, but there to keep that land, you need to do stuff, i.e., follow the covenant, the, the law, and as part of that, you give your first fruits you follow the jubilee mm. you yeah every seventh year you rest from the land it's yeah. you don't move your boundary stones to get more profit from the land you sure. just have what you've got and you sure. make sure you feed the poor you yeah. don't you know you when you go past and knocking um grapes and olives off you, yeah whatever's left that's for the poor there's yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you do that god will keep blessing you don't have to worry about it yeah so yeah that's that's all quite interesting with this whole tithing giving thing. It's really just yeah. like an act of God's the great. What oh, you said word divine landlord. Yeah, I like tenants. that image. <clears throat> yeah. as, a, as a fellow renter, I, I, I find that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A divine landlord. Yeah, give me a divine landlord. <laughs> so okay, so we, we're kind of talking about this, and I'm happy we're going this way because yeah, yeah. I have heard somebody say mm. before that tithing isn't biblical. And it is an Old Testament principle. Yeah. And there's some truth to that because the New Testament never actually prescribes... The New Testament has very little to say. Like, it says some things because Paul obviously references, like, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. So he's kind of referencing, like, taking care Mm. of, like, priests and people who are working working in, in ministry. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like a passage yeah, that I know I've... Cause, yeah, because Paul talks about like making sure you have enough to pay your gospel workers. Sure. Yeah. That's part of it. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. All right. So, but, like, outside of the, this passage, so... Yeah, he's kind of told, like... Okay, mm. but that, that doesn't seem to be kind of a... Yeah. So, are we majoring on the minors when we talk about tithing in church, yeah. then? 
Interesting, because uh, I've got here a passage from, this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 7. This is about giving. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, yeah. not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. And God is able to bless you abundantly so <clears throat> in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Mm. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And interesting. Mm. Yeah, there's no... Because even the whole tithe thing, it wouldn't have worked out to be 10%. It would have been more. By the time you give first fruits yeah. and sacrifices... And then give to the poor. There was like yeah, almost like an alms giving. Yeah, sort of. it's more than ten percent. So, I've heard somewhere that maybe it was closer to like a twenty-five. Yeah, I've heard that too. By the time you end mm. up, what's that doing? Because we're also dealing with um, food, not coins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> not many of us are farmers these yes. days. Like you know, it's not like they were paid hundred dollars a week and you give yeah. ten dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. It was yes. yeah in your crops and your harvest. So. Mm. Yeah, and the ancients weren't really precise like we are. It was sort of sometimes, you know, ten percent was a mm. roughish figure. Mm. Yeah. Well, though, doesn't Jesus um, criticize the Pharisees for weighing out their spices? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. So they were yeah, precise yeah, with yeah, their timing. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> there were some people, but he's criticizing them for that. Yeah. He's saying, you know, you're kind of so precise about it. Yeah. So, in all of this. What what is the spiritual significance of tithing? You know, mm. in our last episode of Banter, yep. we spoke about you said something along the lines of everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. So there, therefore yeah, yeah, yeah. tithing is spiritual. Yeah. What what is the spiritual significance of tithing? Yeah. Um so I'll, I'll allude to Matthew, which is talks about treasure. Sure. You know, treasure in heaven, treasure on earth. So this is Matthew 6. Yeah. This is uh, recognising that ultimately, well, Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything on it. Yeah. And it's this idea that if you're quite greedy, and Paul talks about this, the love of money mm. is the root of all evil. Tithing, giving, stewardship, whatever you want to call it, it is an act of worship because as I mentioned on Sunday, our jobs are very fragile. Just like ancient sure. Israelites are reliant upon good weather mm. to have good crops, you know, no attacks from enemies. So we are we are a very fragile ecosystem. Mm. So there's really no jobs are stable. Mm. It's, you know, sure. You may think that, but ultimately yeah. things could oh, like change overnight. The, yeah, most powerful, <laughs> um, strongest company are overnight could yeah, just crumble. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah, I guess part of it too is, is you're really just stepping out in faith and recognising that, well, the same God that breathed this universe into existence and gave us everything we have, mm. he, he tells us not to worry about you know our, our, what we eat or what we drink or our body, <coughs> but to keep focusing on the kingdom. And so in tithing, it's a sense of doing that. It's recognising, well, I don't actually own this. Even though God says I don't need the... Well, was it Psalm 50 about the blood of bulls and all that? But it is that act of faith. Like, God owns everything anyway. But yeah, you're yeah, continually yeah. recognising that, well, in order for me to mm. go to work on Monday, mm. I need you to provide what I need. 
I do love that idea that you were saying, like, the idea of tithing was to feed other gods. Mm. And, like, God is saying, no, I, like, I don't need it. Yeah. Like, and also even I'll go one step further. Like, it's all mine anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's kind <laughs> of like as if, you know, you're putting some nuggets down in front of Asher and yeah, Hazel yeah. and they're giving you a nugget back. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, thanks. Like, yeah. love you. But, like, also, like, dude, I gave you these nuggets. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I put them in the oven. I went yep. to Audi and bought them anyway. <laughs> like, they're mine to begin yep. with. So could you then, by that logic, say that tithing is actually for us and not actually for God? Like as far as, like we're the ones who are ultimately benefiting from tithing, not God. Yeah. Well, let's Paul say God loves a generous giver. Sure. Like there's a sense of it's quite, it's meant to be a freeing thing. Mm. We're not shackled down. Mm. Yeah, because like Jesus said, this is, Verse 25 of Matthew 6, don't worry about your life, what you eat or drink. You know, what you're going to wear. You know, Jesus tells us, look to the birds and, and... Look to the fields. Yeah, fields and the flowers. And I just want to jump forward to the... But seek first his kingdom, verse 33, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And it's like, hey, if you just keep seeking first the kingdom, you're going to get given food, water clothing mm. shelter god knows what you need but just keep pursuing the kingdom first and foremost mm. and so tithing is a way for you to keep seeking first the kingdom uh, we often say left hand should not the right hand is yeah. doing i think it's part of that it's understanding that well most important priority for us as christians is to seek first the kingdom mm. and so in giving it's a big mm. part of that Mm. It's saying, hey, I, you know, we support our local church because our local church is part of building up the kingdom. Yeah. And, yeah, I may not be a professional pastor, so to speak, sure. but I want to see... The you're, using, you're using in hypothetical terms. Yeah. You are a professional yeah, 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 pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be clarified. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, for somebody who is tithing or, or you know, sort mm. of making an offering to the church, that's, that's the way of... Mm. One way of them becoming yeah, yeah. part of that that vision yeah. and that mission of the centre. Yeah. That's super cool. And to and even just... Re- and look, one of the things I love about the Hebrew worldview is that, and I said it before, nothing is natural. Everything mm. is supernatural. There's... Yeah, while well, Paul said, you know, don't muzzle the oxen to pay for gospel workers, he also, mm. he worked as a tent maker. Sure. In fact, that was like... For a lot of rabbis, that's how they actually survived. They didn't get paid. Yeah. They worked and then taught... And so for them, work was part of their calling. It was, mm. well, let's go back to Eden, Adam and Eve. They worked. Work sure. is an act of worship, serving and guarding the garden. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, there's this sacredness to work. And the, and the Jewish worldview understood that. Mm. There's no dichotomy. It wasn't like, oh, this isn't like for God. This is just my secular part. And now, oh, my little part on the Sabbath, yeah. that's my real work. It's like, no, no, it's all that. And Paul, we say it with Paul. Um, I think I wrote it in the um, the vision booklet I did about yeah. tent making, yeah, and how we are as a centre. We're mm. a business as mission, we're tent makers. So mm. yeah, we we have a business and we want to run it well. Mm. But we also that doesn't that's not a reason for who or not to give because that's part of it. The fact that you have if you're a teacher you have pupils. Well, it's because God has provided the school with pupils. If you're a mm. builder, you have your clients and your houses to build. It's because God's provided it. Mm. And, say it with every profession mm. if you're in a cafe you need cafe patrons like totally 
yeah, God yeah, provides yeah. that. Totally. <laughs> I um, I'd love to pivot just okay, in, in yeah, the yeah. last few minutes yep. of, of sort of this chat mm. to to stewardship. Yes. Um, because I think that tithing is definitely a pivotal part of being a good steward. Mm. Outside of finances, mm. let's just because I think we have covered that yes, quite yes. well. What what else does it look like to be a good steward in twenty twenty two? Yeah, well, look, biggest part is caring for creation. Hmm. Like that. That's yeah. Genesis one twenty eight. It gives the divine mandate, which is to to subdue and to rule over the earth. Hmm. I'll read it out. God bless them. It says, "Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue. It. Rule over the fish of the sea." And the birds of the air over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, there it, some there's a bit of debate. Some people see the word subdue and rule. I think that means that we can do like it has like want. an iron fist mentality, <laughs> yeah. a sort of yeah. So, but the the ideal ruler is one like a shepherd. Mm. So in the ancient world, kings, and that's why Adam and Eve are the kings and queens. <coughs> sure. no, that language is not used here, but. That's the implication there. Humans in a garden, which is a temple slash royal setting. Mm -hmm. They're the kind of the first two humans on the earth. They're the the rulers over it. They're they're kings and queens. Kings and queens are meant to rule the shepherds. They're not to dominate over. So I think to we yeah, last one about spiritual warfare. There's I think a sense to ruling and subduing the earth. There's almost like evil that needs to be overcome mm. so it's quite it's an interesting theory but adam and if you read in genesis 2 adam and eve are placed in the garden yeah it says he had gone now this is genesis 2 8 now god planted a garden in the east of eden and he put a man there he'd formed and then obviously he's formed after that and so it seems like that yeah eden's sort of this enclosed space which is where God and humans dwell, and outside of that, needs to become like Eden. I think I've spoken about this before. This idea that Eden isn't something which has, uh, <clears throat> referring to these yeah, boundary yeah, 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 markers, yeah, yeah. it's something that the boundary markers are constantly in, like the vision yeah. of it, spreading out right, and, wow. and moving out. And the idea yeah. you've spoken before about the the uh, water yeah, flowing, flowing out you know, from you know and the so, four sides. While, while that's been corrupted by sin. I think that mandate is there that is humans stewardship is not using the earth for exploitation it's there to use it <coughs> for god's purposes so uh, mm. ecclesiastes talks about what does a man gain you know, by all his work and that and that word gain i remember in hebrew is yitron it's almost like gain that's like dishonest <coughs> we're not called yeah. to like use the world to exploit it for our own purposes stewardship is actually caring for this earth Mm. as God intended Mm. and so we subdue and rule over it by making it habitable for human life but not in a way that destroys it or undermines it Mm. so I guess stewardship will come down to your eschatology now for those at home who don't know eschatology it just means end time, your view on end time so if your view is that the world, and this is the Gnostic view, which is very common among a lot of Western Christians. Mm. Your view is the world is a terrible, terrible place that our home is in heaven to escape this earth, then you're <coughs> not really going to care. Yeah, because you, there's a clear <coughs> separation of heaven and earth, yeah. um, and thereby 
why do we need to look after yeah. this thing that's going to go up in flames yeah. when I've Jesus is preparing a room for me yeah, yeah. in this complete other place? Yeah, cool. The, uh, where the biblical view is, and this is Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Je- what happened to Jesus is what's going to happen to us. Jesus died, he's buried, comes back to life on this earth. And that's what Jesus, that's what we're going to do. We he's die. a soil person. He's a soil person, yeah. yeah. He's an Adam. Mm. He's a man. And the fire imagery in, say, 1 Peter, the earth is going to burn up. Fire, it's often purifying. Mm. A lot of people read that and think nuclear warfare, it's going to explode. Sure. Actually, a recreation, a restoration. Mm. And the Bible gives lots of hints this throughout the Old Testament. Mm. So uh, there's one where uh, Elisha, let's take Elisha. There's the, yeah. the water that's all dirty. Yeah. Purifies it. Mm. There's a recreation there. Yeah. Um, Jesus, when he touches lepers, a recreation. That's mm-hmm. that's still that same person, mm. but the leprosy has yeah. gone. Well, even like fire, like is seen as like God's spirit and presence, yeah. right? Like throughout Exodus and then in Acts, yeah. like... It's interesting. I think that there is this association that I think of like in a very like sort of just Western sense that heaven is like white and clouds and hell is like dark and fire. But like fire quite often is like a a reference to to Mm. God like throughout. So it is kind of fascinating. I feel like maybe um, cultural interpretations have then almost echo chambered back yeah. onto how we read fire yeah. at certain points, right? And how we live as stewards. Because um, I've had people say to me, well, why polish the brass of a sinking ship? And it's like, okay, well then why bother living for Jesus if we're going to die and go to heaven? Like, and, and Paul kind of says, they go, you know, shall we not sin and all of that grace may abound? Sure. Like, no, no honest Christian would say, oh yeah, be saved and then... Believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, ask for forgiveness and live your life yeah, however you yeah. want. If you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. Kind yeah, of like, thing, you know, yeah. you don't, your idea is you live more and more for Jesus. Yeah. Even though I know you and I are going to die one day unless Jesus returns before that, but we still intend to live our lives as God honoring. Sure. So stewardship, <clears throat> seen in a similar way, is we're called to look after this earth, not to use it for our own evil exploitation and that's across mm. everything not just like the soil itself but mm. how we treat people how we treat the poor mm. how we treat animals yeah like everything mm. um that's what's great about being out here in jewel you get a sense of stewardship you mm. see the creation around you and i once read somewhere that by actually not caring for the earth you're grieving the holy spirit it's like well the holy mm. spirit was there at the beginning mm. of creation Mm. He's right there, Genesis 1-2. The Spirit of God's hovering over the face of the waters. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, and so that, that's part of that stewardship I see is also, like, yeah, caring for the earth, caring for really everything, like being honouring in how you conduct your work, your home, mm. in choices you make that, God honouring, that's really stewardship. And so obviously money ties a big part of that, but it's more broadly sure, than that. It's, sure. And even to I think it even taps into how, like I said, your eschatology, how you view Jesus' return, how you view this earth and how you view mm. salvation. There's still mm. look, it's really only in the last few years I actually understood, oh, new heavens, new earth actually means 
down here, not up there. When I was in Sunday school, we learned this song, I'm going somewhere in outer space. God has prepared a place. And that was my idea of heaven. Sure. It was like, oh, I'm going to die and just live as some sort of disembodied spirit. Mm. But yeah, we see Jesus coming back. He mm. interestingly has some of the wounds from his old life. So I don't know what that means, but yeah. he is He's still got human. Like a new body, but it's got the marks of his old yeah. body. Yeah, and it does some weird things, like disappears. Yeah. But he has human characteristics. He eats. Yeah. He tells him, hey, poke me. You yeah. know, there's a hole here. Look, yeah, can, yeah. You know, like just Thomas like, sticks his fingers into the side. <laughs> like he's still human. And yeah. so, yeah, there's... And that's what I always try to point people back to. Like, Jesus is our model. Mm. And so we will die, but we will be bodily resurrected. And it ties in deeper. N.T. Wright, in his book, Evil and Justice, he talks about the necessity for justice to happen in this realm, Mm -hmm. in this earth. And makes a really great point about the end of Job. So Job isn't whisked away to heaven, to paradise, to forget his woes. Mm. God restores his kids, his property. Mm. He receives justice sure. in this time and space. And I was like, yeah, we need that. We need Jesus' justice and judgment over this world because there are terrible, terrible atrocities that happen. People haven't been judged for. Mm. And Jesus will do that one day. Mm. That's part of it. So, That's yeah. super cool. It's I super cool. That. So <laughs> what are we looking at this week? Is this our final week of the this, preparing the soil? Yeah, Sorry, is... I put a hard G on that. Preparing the soil. <laughs> Prepping the soil. Prepping the soil. Yeah. Prepping the soil. It is because, um, yeah, I kind of messed our water up. I, I, I get would argue COVID, COVID messed our yes, water up. I think that's a so bit harsh the, the original you. plan was to look at communion. Maybe we can do a, a banter about communion mm. in them. But yeah. this week we were going to look at baptism. All right. I thought of the two to look at. I think baptism is yes. important. So I'm actually going to do a bit of a biblical theology of baptism. So look at it from creation all the way through to the Gospels. Mm. So Interesting. I'll bring lots of chocolate for this one. Yes. So probably a little bit heavy. So, you okay. know, a bit of sugar to prep people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to counteract the heaviness of the theology, yeah, you'll to... heavy us up with sugar <laughs> yeah. and chocolate. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I am looking forward to hearing about how baptism is explored before John the Baptist comes on the scene. Yeah, because the be word exciting. doesn't really appear in the Old Testament, but the themes are there. And once mm-hmm. you sort of have the eyes to see the themes, like, ah, oh. mm-hmm. it's really there. It's a lot about the Bible. It's just having kind of like a bit of a roadmap. And if you start to see themes, you know, oh, this actually comes up quite a lot. So, Very cool. Yeah, I'm Very excited cool. for that. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing yep. you there. In the meantime, get better, man. Hopefully you're feeling a bit better by Sunday. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the uh, audio quality of this yeah, episode. Yeah. Both Mitch and I hocking hock, our lungs up. Um, yeah. But yeah, praying that oh. you get better soon. You and too, man. Feeling okay, 100%. Yeah. We're far. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it on Sunday with baptism. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.